hear that? <laughs> That's cool, right? That's cool, right? What is that? Can you guess? Too bad we can't have like the lights flickering for people everywhere. Just imagine. Close your eyes. Guys. <laughs> close your eyes and open them real fast. <laughs> imagine the lights flickering, and you're in the WWE arena. <laughs> Scene. Yeah. They can't see, but I'm geeking out right now. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> Who's that? Who's that? The Phenom, the Prince of Darkness, the Undertaker. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm about to. Oh grow. my God, you're getting emotional already. I'm getting emotional. No, my eyes. <laughs> they were open for way too long. No, That's my eyes the Undertaker already. effect right there. He brings tears to people's <laughs> eyes. <laughs> Great speech. Ah, oh, that guy. Hi, yay, yay. In case you guys couldn't tell, we're talking about The Undertaker. Of course. Of course. Because what's a Taz podcast without at least one episode yes. dedicated to The Undertaker? Yes. <laughs> yes. I can't wait to hear all about it, though. <laughs> what about The Undertaker? <laughs> That's what I was about to ask you. Like, how deep are we going with this? Yes. Well, The Undertaker just had his... WWE Hall of Famer Induction. Induction. Yes, he's officially a WWE Hall of Famer now. Yes, congratulations to <coughs> Undertaker. The Undertaker. Yes. Yes, that that was the whole uh, the whole reason of me going to Texas. <laughs> yeah. Went yeah. all the way to Texas, and then I drove all the way back because of that man. Right? Met him like five times officially. Yeah. That, that was when, when we booked a trip to Texas. That wasn't even part of the... The plan. The plan. I didn't even know that was going to happen. But then, yeah, the opportunity came up and uh, met, him, met him for the fifth time in my life. Yes. But only shook his hand for the fourth time. <laughs> um, no, but the, yeah, they, they, once, uh, once he retired, I knew it was only a matter of time before they... They decided to induct him, and then that that childhood promise that I made to myself of, of being at his induction ceremony, I knew it was going to be put like, all right, you're going to do this shit? Yeah. And then he officially retired in 2020. Yeah. Right? Yeah, 2020. He officially retired, and now officially. here we are, 2022. They announced him, and I was like, fuck, all right. And I kept going back and forth with going or not. And then you guys twisted my arm about it. My dad twisted my arm about it. Yeah. This is one of, once in a lifetime. You were going to regret not being yeah, there. Yeah, that's what my mom said, too. And you she said you were wanting to be this there. This was going to be the only time he gets inducted into the Hall of Fame. Yes. So I was like, okay. And was it worth it? It definitely was worth it. It was. Yes. I was happy to be there. I was happy to, to be part of that, that moment. Um, I don't know why they took it down from... YouTube. Uh, no, where? Peacock is. I hate um, saying it out loud. Used to be the WWE Network, but then they sold their soul to to Peacock, and now the Peacock's where you watch everything WWE. But they, I guess, they only had it up for for a week or so. They took then, it down. Yeah. And it's that, hard to find it anywhere. Yeah. And yeah. what are we talking about again? His, his induction speech. Induction speech, huh? Ah, fancy word. Mm, uh, fancy. No, but he, he he did a great speech, you know. 
for those that are totally unfamiliar with professional wrestling, um, The Undertaker's is not a real, his real name. I don't know if you knew that. No, he was, his, I've only been told like 10,000 <laughs> times by you. His parents did not name him Undertaker when he was right. born. Uh, the man is Mark Calloway, and he played, He gave 30 years of his life portraying the character of the Undertaker, which is basically a dead guy. His nickname is the Dead Man. Um, so he was always in character. He was one of those wrestlers, one of those old school wrestlers that really lived his character, and he yeah. never let anyone in his, in his personal life, in his private life, I basically stalked every piece of information available on who he was outside of the ring, so I knew some stuff about him. Uh, there was a few years that he kind of moved away from the, the dead man character, and he kind of portrayed a character that was more similar to himself. Mm. Um, so that's when he did more interviews for a little bit. That was the first time that I met him, was in 2003. It was the first time I got to meet him, and I was 12 years old, 11 years old. I was really young. Wow. Um, and I got to meet him. He was doing an autograph signing at the Allstate Arena because they were yeah. selling tickets. That's back when you could meet wrestlers for free, and then hey. they learned that you can you can really make money off of <laughs> yeah. off of these meet and greets and stuff. So that was the, I met him for free then, mm -hmm. you know, and started learning a little bit about him. And that's how I got into MMA because in one of those interviews he talked about how he was a big fan of boxing and and MMA. You know, so I, I obviously knew what boxing was, and then I started looking into what MMA was, and I started watching it, and I was like, this is pretty cool. Yeah. At the time that I started watching it, I never thought that I was going to do it. Right. You know, but then after a few months of watching it, I was like, all right, let's give it a shot. Right. You know, there's some stuff going on in my personal life. I needed an outlet. Yeah. So I tried it, and... That's such a good influence. And you? here we are. Yeah, you know. What intrigued you about him, though? About him? Because he's a dead man. That's scary shit right there. It is. And, and who, I was a very... attracted to scary people? It, it was you a are, very... I was know. a very scary child growing up. I, I hated a scary... scary looking child? <laughs> <laughs> I hated... I hated scary movies Oh, scared child. I don't yeah. know why I thought you said scared. Okay. Um, but I had, I had gotten into professional wrestling already uh, mm. from my cousin. And... I was watch. I wasn't watching WWE at the time. I was watching WCW, which was the competition. Right. Um, WCW at the time was geared more towards kids. Okay. Um, and I don't know how. I, Anton's the one. My cousin Anton's the one that got me into wrestling. He was a yeah. WWE guy. Okay. I don't know how I ended up with WCW, but I did. Okay. And that's where Macho Man was the first wrestler that I ever mm. saw. You know, so he was in, w WCW? in WCW. Oh, okay, okay. So I think that's where I got drawn to WCW because I saw a commercial with him and he was so loud and colorful. He drew my attention. Can you do the voice one more time? Dig it. Yo. <laughs> I don't know why I like it. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> You've been practicing. I can <laughs> yeah, tell. I am. Yeah, okay. Keep going. Um, you know, I was, a, I was a WCW guy, you know, and uh, this, this was when I was eight years old eight damn you know, so that's I, young I, I, I started young with wrestling and then um i was on a a, a vacation with my parents mm -hmm. and i was the kid that couldn't sleep anywhere except my own bed what? so we were in wisconsin we took a little road trip to wisconsin mm -hmm. you know and i was having trouble sleeping because creepy hotel i don't want to <laughs> be in a hotel i wanted to be in my home Aww. 
You know, so I'm trying to fall asleep and my parents are flipping through the channels on TV waiting for me to fall asleep and they found wrestling. Mm. And they're like, look, you know, and their minds is like, let, let him, let's watch him, let him watch wrestling and then yeah. he'll, you know, forget that he's not scared. at home and yeah. scared and he'll be fine. So I look over and, and obviously at the time I couldn't really tell what it was. I just knew it wasn't WCW. Okay. But what I saw was this guy dressed in all black, oh. long hair pointy goatee around the chin very similar to what i'm sporting right now got it um and he was standing on like a graveyard oh, shit. i was like this is not wcw <laughs> right. i don't know what this is mom i'm going to sleep oh that made you go to sleep okay <laughs> and you know but but I, I just i remember seeing this really really big dude yeah you know so the next morning you know anton was on the trip with us Okay. And I, I think I told him about it, and I asked him. I was like, "Yeah, there's this really big guy, dressed in all black, goatee, graveyard, bunch of tattoos on his arms." Mm-hmm. He's like, "Oh, that's the Undertaker." I was like, "Undertaker, <laughs> interesting, <laughs> you know." But I left it at that, you know. But his his image stuck out to me, and, and with both instances, I was a Macho Man fan before a WCW fan. Okay. And then I was an Undertaker fan before I was a WWE fan. Mm. You know, so WCW started dying out a little bit, you know, and then I started getting more into wrestling and I wanted to watch more of it, you yeah. know, and that's when Anton told me, he's like, you should watch WWE. Yeah. You know, so I was I, like, fine, I'll watch WWE. And I keep looking for The Undertaker, but he wasn't there. So you just, you were just intrigued by him. I was. What? I, I was very intrigued by... I, just I, the black man with the coat. Yeah. You know, so I I don't know what intrigued me to him, but it did. And I started watching WWE in December of 99. And then he didn't make an... I didn't see The Undertaker come out until May of 2000. So it was a few months of watching WWE without him. Because he was injured at the time. Oh, okay. And then uh, I remember watching the day that he came back. And this is before the internet. You know, and I was yeah. nine, so I didn't even know what the internet was. You know, now you can see, there, there's no secrets in wrestling anymore. Yeah. You know, so um, I was watching WWE, and then this, like this, I hear this bell, this boom. That one, the one that I the one, hear. Yep, the one right <laughs> at the beginning. And then I was like, what is this? You know, because it was in the middle of a match and oh. there's chaos in the ring. And then The Undertaker comes riding down oh. in this in this motorcycle. And I was like this. And then he cleared the ring. He was beating everybody up. I was like, this man is awesome. And then the yeah. announcers, I didn't recognize him because he changed his look. Oh. And I didn't really know him that well. Right. And then the announcers are saying, it's The Undertaker. And I lost my mind as what? a nine-year-old finally seeing The Undertaker come out. And the rest is history. You know, I, I followed his career for the rest you of it. I love that first mm-hmm. <laughs> And I watched every minute I could and was so intrigued by what he was going to do next. Because I just thought he was a badass. You know, because he, he went from the dead man to an American badass. Mm. He changed his nickname a little bit, changed his persona. So I was like, this guy's awesome. You know, and mm. over the years he kept evolving and he started talking about respect and, you know, why he, you know, expected respect out of people because of the stuff that he does and stuff. I was like, this guy makes a lot of sense. Yeah. You know, and then even there was a few years where I kind of stepped away from watching wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, after Eddie Guerrero died, it was it was difficult for me to watch wrestling. 
you know, so I started pulling back. And then when I started training MMA a few years after that, then it was really no time for wrestling. But I watched WrestleMania every year just to see The Undertaker's match. Hmm. You know, okay. because he was undefeated at their at WrestleMania, their bigger show. He was undefeated yeah. for 21 straight matches every year. Wow. And I watched really just because of him. Yeah. To keep up with, with, with what he was doing. And then I found my way back into watching wrestling a little bit more consistently again, or just at least keeping up with the product a little bit more. How did he influence your... Let's see, let's take it in different categories. First, mm -hmm. how did he influence your your personality at the time when you were young? Did you, did, did anything change um, for you? Or was it more of a style type of thing? I, I think it was more kind of a style yeah. type of thing, because personality style, he, he was a very quiet guy. You know, he's very proud. Really but I, 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 I was already, person. I was already like that. You know, oh, so you to say that bad. he influenced okay. it. Okay, well, yeah, he wasn't. You know, because I was already quiet. If anything, it was like, all right, you know, because this matches your personality. Because I, my other top guy was Randy Savage, and he was loud, and he was the, he was the persona that I kind of wished that I had, because he wasn't shy. He was loud. He didn't care. And I was like, yeah. man, I wish I could be more like that, because then maybe I could be a wrestler one day if I was more like that. Right. You know, yeah. and then when I saw Eddie Guerrero, he was Eddie was very loud, very vibrant. You know, so I was like, man, like you really got to have this persona to make it. Because at yeah. this time, you know, I wanted to be a pro wrestler when I grew up. Yeah. You yeah. know, so when I saw The Undertaker, it was kind of like he was quiet and to himself kind of thing. I was like, okay. The only thing that he has that I don't at this point is, well, obviously the talent to wrestle, and he was <laughs> six type. foot ten. You know. Right. And, I was like, I'm not even going to make it to five times, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, man. but, uh, you know, it was just for him. When I think of the undertaker, I think of respect and loyalty, Yeah. which we'll, we'll get to it when we get a little bit more in detail about the, the his speech, you know, but those were the things because, you know, WCW was the competition and everyone from WWE was going to WCW because WCW was doing really well and they had the, the billion dollar owner that was just paying all these wrestlers a shit ton of money to mm. basically not do anything and the undertaker not once even entertained the idea of leaving vince because vince is the guy that gave him his opportunity how did that happen so undertaker when he started his wrestling career actually started in wcw okay and then his contract was up and he went to go negotiate a contract and they didn't want to give him more money and they told him you no one is ever going to pay a ticket to watch you wrestle and he's like well that pretty much tells me what i need to know about how this company is gonna how, yeah. how this company sees me of course they didn't believe in him at all and he got yeah. he got a phone call from vince and <laughs> told him to come up to the wwe and gave him this undertaker character and wow. that character lasted 30 years and now not only are people paying tickets to watch him wrestle, but people are paying tickets to meet him, paying tickets to hear him talk, paying tickets to see him get inducted into the Hall of Fame. What a slap in the face of his company. Yep. Yeah. You know, that's why WCW's not around anymore, because that's not how they handle business like that. Damn. You know, but because Vince McMahon is the one that gave him the opportunity, even after WCW said that, Vince McMahon saw something... Not in the character, because he didn't carry the same character in WCW. Okay. Vince McMahon saw something in him as Mark Calloway. And Undertaker knew that, and he never mm. left Vince. You know, in, wow. in part of the speech, you know, because Vince doesn't 
induct people into the hall. He doesn't give a speech before every single person gets inducted. And Vince no. even has a rule. When a wrestler gets inducted into the Hall of Fame, he tells everybody, you cannot thank me. I don't want to hear my name in your speech. Oh, wow. Because he likes to take a step back from that and just, you give, know. You know, credit to the people. Mm-hmm. And... Yep. Yeah, yeah. But with this one, he actually is the one that introduced The Undertaker into the Hall of Fame and gave a little speech before it. And and they both talked about it. Like they, they've been through so much together in yeah. 30 years, you know, with... That's WCW yeah, trying to put him out of business. Vince had a few big lawsuits that he had to go through, and Undertaker was by his side every single step of the way. Whenever something was needed to be done, Undertaker was there to wow. to do it. You know, so and that's the loyalty and the respect that he had for Vince McMahon. And in turn, Vince McMahon gave him the same loyalty and respect. Undertaker's oh. retired, but he has a contract with WWE where he's going to be getting paid for them until he's seventy-five. Wow. You know, wow. so that when I think of the Undertaker, I think of that respect and loyalty. Yeah, that's a lot to really take into consideration. So, so let's talk about the the speech. Mm-hmm. Why was it so touching to you? I thought it was very <laughs> special, but I was, you know, I'm, I'm inspired by it. But I know it didn't have the same effect as it did with you. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and I think simply because of the fact that I've been watching him for 22 years now. Right, yeah. You know, so I, I, the, the things that he said in the speech, I was able to kind of put memories with him. Mm. You know, as for you, you know, you just learned who this man is, is like three years ago, four years ago, whatever. Right. Yeah. You know, and really didn't start paying attention until after you met him. When yeah. we met him in 2019, you started paying a little bit more attention. It was the first good impression. Like, he yeah. made a really nice impression. Mm-hmm. I, I, was, I would have never thought a person with that amount of legacy and money and fame would be as humble as he yeah. was. So, yeah, like, I was shocked. Mm-hmm. So, it was nice to see that. You know, so... But I met him, I met him as Mark. Yeah. Not the Undertaker. Yeah. So, that character of the Undertaker for me was like... That's just gay. <laughs> Ain't nobody want to deal with that. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, you know so, and, and, and for me, I, I I watched him through the injuries, you know, and yeah. and all that stuff, and you know, he's had issues in his personal life that you know. Once I learned how to navigate the internet and read these things and understand yeah. some more things, you know, I I saw him perform through injuries. I saw him perform through divorces. I saw him perform through Everything. his children being born through it. His dad died on a Thursday, and he was wrestling on Sunday. Oh my God! You know, so he flew home. Yeah, Yeah. you know, so to see what this man went through, and for him to finally get the respect, and the part that, you know, because I have buyer's remorse all the time. You know, I hate spending money. You know, so the idea of going all the way to Texas and and getting tickets for the show, I was like, okay, you know, I was like, double guess, yeah, you know, so. It, it was just something so special to be a part of because when as soon as he got in the ring, you know, first of all, Undertaker in a in a suit is mm. unimaginable because he, <laughs> that's not his style. He has a very much of a biker style, right? Yeah. You know, so now he comes out in this suit and you know he stands and you know I think there was fifteen thousand people in attendance and we're all on our feet, we're clapping, we're cheering, we're chanting, and just to see this man stand okay. there and he's getting emotional from the reception and and it was a good five minutes maybe of just standing ovation yeah non-stop 
he was overwhelmed by maybe by excitement and you know just being grateful Mm -hmm. for the moment and just seeing that people really love him yeah and they're happy to be there can you imagine like you've been loyal to these people and people have been loyal to you for years yeah like the comment that you said about the the guy um behind you in the line when you were gonna meet him and mm-hmm. there was a kid you know trying to be impatient or he was being impatient and the dad's yeah. like calm down <laughs> i've been looking up at i've this. been waiting yeah. to meet him oh, since i was yeah. your age imagine yeah. like that's that's impressive can yeah. you imagine the amount of overwhelm and like, just emotion you know it's unbearable it's like bit, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And for for me, for him, you know, everyone yeah. knew he was he was my favorite wrestler and stuff, yeah. you know. So it, it it's just one of those things where you get like chills to be in an arena full of people that share the same respect and admiration for someone as you, yeah. you know. And to see him be grateful for that and mm. be overwhelmed by that emotionally, it was just it it was something very special. And then you know, for for me. 22 years of listening to him speak in his Undertaker voice, you know, because he tried to make it deep and scary all the time. But yeah. now, for him to speak as Mark, and and to like pull like like he said, pull back the curtain and introduce Mark Calloway to the world, yeah. you know, because he's like for for him he could have taken his true identity to the grave with him, but he said out of respect for everybody that got him to where he is, he wanted to let everyone in on on who but he is. You know, so it, it was just something really special. And what I wasn't expecting was for him to speak so long because it was a good 45-minute speech. Yeah, that's a really You know, speech. and then on top of that, he, he shared with us, you know, he's like, everyone knows my signature moves. And he starts, you know, the choke slam, the tombstone, the last <laughs> yeah. ride. And then he said to, that on that day, he wanted to talk about his three mental moves mm. of what helped him get to where he is and to build the person that he is. Dun, dun, dun. And that, <laughs> that's and, and a good one. I was, and he did such a good job of switching between, you know, like motivational type of speech to funny yeah. to grateful because he gave shout outs to his friends and he talked about the friends that he has that have passed away and stuff. Yeah. His family, the sacrifice that his family had to go through. Yeah. You know, for him being on the road back in the nineties, he was wrestling I think you know, two hundred matches a year. You know, there's three hundred and sixty five days a year. Oh my God. So he was on the road for a big chunk of it. You yeah. know, so he missed out on his family. You know, and he did that to entertain us. He's had over twenty seven surgeries in his life to entertain us. You know, so his three months of moves, the first one was perception is reality. And as soon as he gave that experience or his experience with it, that that one out of the three that he has, that's the one that hit me the most because perception is real. I do want because of my quietness Mm -hmm. and my shyness. Some people might take that as me being an asshole or stuck up because I've gotten that before and and it was like that's not what it is, you know. And in my mind, so I was like, are. I don't care because it's, you know, that's I know who I am. So right, who but cares? Doesn't matter, right? Yeah, you know. But then in his speech, he kind of explains why it does matter. You know, for him a little bit more because he's in front of a whole crowd of people. people. Yes. You know, but that one hit me, and I was like, okay, maybe there's something to that. What What do you think at that? What was your mindset when you heard that? What resonated with you the most? With that part, 
perception is reality. The fact that sometimes I do come off as, as standoffish because I don't approach people. Okay. I don't like approaching people. Okay. Um, and it's not because I don't necessarily... I have no reason to dislike someone because I don't know them, but I have a hard time approaching people and having conversations with people because I just... I'd really rather stick to myself. Mm. You know, and as, as a coach... And someone that owns a gym, that's pretty hard to do. That's a, it's a hard uh, way to be, you know. But the the people that have taken the time to, to get, get to know me and, and talk to me know that I'm, hopefully know that I'm not an asshole like that. Yeah. Um, you know, but the people that don't take the time for whatever reason, maybe because mm-hmm. it's it's passing by or maybe because, you know, that, that first impression or that first perception of me Preventing them from wanting to get to know me. Yeah. You know, so, and with The Undertaker, like, if people would have perceived him as an asshole, like, he maybe thought that he wasn't, but other people thought that he was because of the conversation he had with Vince, mm-hmm. he might not be where he is right now. Yeah. You know, so he understood that perception is reality. Mm. So that's why he, and then, you know, he spoke to his dad about it, mm-hmm. you know, and his dad gave him some really good advice. And I always mess up the quote, so I don't even want to butcher it now mm-hmm. um but basically what it was it was like you be be careful with the toes that you step on mm-hmm. on the way up the ladder because those toes are attached to the asses that you're gonna have to kiss on the way back down the ladder <laughs> yeah you know so i was like fuck <laughs> yeah. you know that that one i was like all right all right papa callaway i i hear you on that one too you know what so the, do you think that that might have influenced you on like on any future decisions after that? Did did anything change? Yeah. After that, um, that you made a switch to or adjustment to. I, I'm I'm in the process of making the adjustment because okay. I, I'm not the type of person that that wants to change it just like that because I want to make sure that I'm doing it right. Okay. You know, and I, I not only doing it right, but I want to make sure that the change is sustainable. Okay. So for me to do anything long term, I need to understand the why. Yeah. And the how. Mm-hmm. You know, so for me, it, it's just being more aware of my actions. Okay. And, and the way that I speak to people. Mm-hmm. And making those mental notes. Okay, this is this is how you handle this situation, or this is how you handle this situation. Mm-hmm this is how we can possibly fix it so start doing more of this okay. you know because i'm i've been like this for 30 years yeah so you know, changing so, something about yourself so, is going to take some time yeah to go from not liking to approach approach people to just and to just snapping and just talking to everybody is not going to happen over time yeah you know but i I've, have goals that i've set for myself to okay do this you know, at the gym, do this when you're out in public, do this mm. more when you're with friends, do this more when you're with family and stuff, to try to start flipping things around slowly. I often see <clears throat> you as, like I've always told you in the beginning, like I understood you when I met you because, yeah, you have the unapproachable face. Yeah. You know, and, and many times that I would go to the gym, I thought you were mad at me mm-hmm. for whatever reason. I'm like, I know what I did to him, so he doesn't talk to me. But uh-huh. then after time i saw how you're like a counter-striker yeah that you people would not you will not approach somebody unless they approach you yeah you will not talk to somebody unless they talk to you and with me i was able to see that over the years 
because I was comfortable enough to talk to you. Yeah. But some people don't see that. Some people don't perceive that as that. Mm -hmm. You know, they think that maybe your mind's somewhere else, you know, about, about work. They see that you're busy all the time. So they're like, okay, maybe he's to focus on his business. I don't mm -hmm. want to bother him, you know. And I think that's the look that sometimes people may perceive. But it does not necessarily mean you're too busy for them because yeah. you have never given me any reason that you're too busy to talk to me yeah or if there's anything that i need that i need to tell you or i need advice from or whatever the case is I, i've never gotten that from you but i can see where other people would perceive it as such mm -hmm. but it's just like you said and, it's and just a matter of time just what you said mm -hmm. is like to me that because I, I look up so highly to The Undertaker. Yeah. People, what you just said is what people say about him. Mm. You know, that he's never too busy to give advice mm -mm. To, the, to a younger wrestler. Yeah. You know, so you saying something like that is one of those compliments that just, mm. it, it goes through the roof for me. Because if there's any part of me that can be an Undertaker-like figure to someone... Mm that that's kind of what pushes me in. and to hear it straight from him the three things that got him mm -hmm. to where he is for for me like you like you asked about my mindset i was like i need to hold on to these three things yeah because if there's any way that i can have the level of respect that the undertaker that the uh, thousands and millions of people have for the undertaker yeah. to even just have you know, a dozen people have that same respect for me. I, w I would be happy in this world. Well, I'm glad. It's just that, <laughs> like I said, the reason the the reason why I, in the beginning, we talked about the podcast. Mm -hmm. And I had mentioned that is because of that. Is there's, there's this character that you have, right? Yeah. The Taz that you show to the world. Mm -hmm. But then you're Sean too. You're, yeah. you, you have that to yourself. There's that you... That mm -hmm. you only know, you know, not everybody knows that side of you. Mm -hmm. So I think sharing that with people, it's what's gonna show them that, yeah, you're more than just the coach. You're yeah. more than just any person that just goes to the gym and mm -hmm. trains people. Like, I'm a human too. Exactly. And that's what I'm saying. Like, you have way more than that. So talking about The Undertaker and then seeing how his, his character traits are your like your character traits is what like helps a lot of us understand who you are. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a reason why you look up to him. It's like yeah. if you really think about people that look up to certain people, there's something about those people that relate to each other. That maybe you want to be like them. Maybe mm -hmm. you're similar to them that gravitates, you know, towards yeah. each other. So, like I understand, you know. But like I said in the beginning, it's it's different from people that. People that don't want to take the time. Mm -hmm. When people want to take the time to get to know you, then they'll 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 put in the time. Like just like you put in the time to get to know the Undertaker. He's such a scary looking guy. I have no <laughs> idea why in the earth in your mind would you want to get to know that person. And I've had a picture, a poster of that man in oh my, my room for twenty it's years. It's so creepy, dude. So seeing that face every day. And then that song, like mm -hmm. that shit's a scary ass song. Yeah. I don't know what got you in your brain, you know? And you were being a, you were a scared kid. Yep. But you went he's, from that to now. He still was such a big influence. Even he's a big influence, you right? know. But yeah, that that 
perception as a reality is yeah. it was really that you know be, you know and they there, there's a, a famous saying you don't meet your heroes don't meet your heroes because you'll be disappointed <laughs> i've now gotten to meet them five times <laughs> yeah Never disappointed. Never disappointed. If anything, I was disappointed in myself because the first time I met him as an 11-year-old, I didn't shake his hand. <laughs> and then, him. you know, that was in 2003. And then I was able to <laughs> redeem myself in 2015, 12 years later. Mm-hmm. Got to meet him again. And then I was like, shake his hand, shake his hand. And I was so focused on shaking his hand. I shook his hand and we took my picture. And then I walked <laughs> right out the door and this man smacks me on the back. Thanks for coming out. I, was uh, like, I walked away from him. <laughs> and then uh let's see that's 2015 that was the second and then you were there for the third meeting yeah that was in 2019 2019. and then awkward as he touched his butt yeah that you know i didn't you know he kind of put his his arms around us and stuff so i was like oh i'm gonna put my arm around him you know the man's six foot ten so we're taking the picture and we had to redo the picture because he closed his eyes he's like ah I closed my eyes. Can we do that again? And then I was like, what is that? What am I grabbing? <laughs> this is his belt. I'm grabbing his belt. God. Oh, my God. You know? So I was yeah. like, it was weird. And then uh, it was a few months after that. Went to New York with, mm-hmm. with uh, my family and stuff. Yeah. And then I found out that he was in New York the same weekend. So I was like, all right, let me go. <laughs> you know, and that, that, that one, I think, was... Besides this last one, that one yeah. at that point, I, I was like, this is the last time I'm going to see him. Mm, that's it. And good handshake. You know, and he got me all cheesy because I walked to him. He's like, what's up, boss? And uh, I was like, ah, I am a boss. <laughs> you know, I shook his hand. You know, yeah. we, we took a picture and he thanked me for coming out and stuff. And, and then yeah. I left. I was like, that was, that was a good, good last one. Good last yeah. handshake with The Undertaker. We were happy about that one. And then the Hall of Fame comes and then... He's doing another meet and greet. I was like, I gotta do this. He's a Hall of Famer now. Yeah. You know, fifth time. Okay, this is this, this is, is it. it. This, no more after <laughs> Until this. the next time. Until the <laughs> next time, and then. So then Severin says, "Hey, I'm gonna meet the Undertaker." Yeah, and so Dan says, "Yeah, oh, he's he's a good, he's a buddy of mine. You you want me to get her, get everyone together?" There you go. <laughs> Damn it, Dan. No, this last one was just a school, you know. Yeah. Uh, I, everything happens so quick that you yeah. can't. Yeah, it was just. We took a we took a picture. I shook his hand, and I just I shook his hand one more time, and I told him thank you for everything. Yeah. And he was like, you know, thank you, appreciate you, blah blah. Left, you know, mm. but that and that was like two days after the speech and stuff. Mm. He just, he looked exhausted. He, yeah. <laughs> you know, but, that's something that we talked about. How he is like an introvert. Yeah. You know, you have him wrestle, beat thousands of people, and. And then you see that he gets socially drained. Yeah. So can you imagine? Ugh, yeah. Can imagine. Yep. We but, went through yeah. that at the grappling tournament, oh just my dealing God, with so the. <laughs> I was so pooped. You know, but it was just that. Yeah. You know, and that led to the his, his second mental move of, of which we kind of talked about a little bit already, respect and loyalty. Respect and loyalty. You know, and those that. That those two words are how I would describe the Undertaker. If someone asked me to describe the Undertaker, I'd tell them respectful, loyal. You said that respect and loyalty goes a long way. Yeah, you know. So yeah. and that that's kind of how I wanted to mirror my life, and that's why I had the loyalty that I had to a victory until it was yeah. just unsustainable anymore. Yeah. You know, and that's why I have the respect and loyalty for my students. Yeah. I could have left. You know, when all the trauma was happening with Victory, I could have just left. Yeah. 
come over to the north side closer to home and start fresh but i was like it's the students that i have that are the reason why i'm here and the things that i have are because of the students that i have yeah they did not give up on me they were loyal mm-hmm. to me i cannot turn my back on them and that's yeah. why i fought like hell when we were going through the things with victory and then we were going through the things with anthony mm-hmm. i fought for them because they had fought for me yeah you know so that those the, the respect and loyalty part i i started applying to my life years ago and you know a big one is that you show people the respect that they give you yeah you know there's you have well from what i know is that you have never talked to you have never talked down on someone just because of their income Mm -hmm. because of just who they are yeah so you've always treated people the same Mm -hmm. no better no less yeah and i think that's something to you know to take into consideration because some people are different Mm -hmm. but you have always remained the same yeah you've always told me you have to you know be yourself like whoever's gonna be in your corner whoever wants to be around they're gonna stick around yeah and that's where it all comes down to and you've done it thank you you keep doing it thank you thank you thank you you know and like throughout the years people see that you you live by your word and it's not just you saying those things because you're a coach and you're trying to get people in the gym it's because this is who you are mm-hmm. that, that's something that i've always you know because i didn't grow up with a lot of money or a lot of friends or anything so it was like my word is the only thing of value that i can give someone yeah. you know so for me it was i, I always prided myself on it that it, i don't make a promise that i can't keep If there's the slightest bit of doubt that I won't be able to keep a promise, I won't make that promise. I won't say the words I promise unless I legitimately know that I can keep it. Yeah. You know, so that that's that that part I've had and you know, and credit to my parents on that one too, because yeah. they were they're the ones that started it, you know, and they yeah. started it with me when as I was being raised, you know, my grandmother, my grandfather too. Mm-hmm. Um You know, and then The Undertaker kind of took over when I started watching more wrestling than, than anything, you know, and I, and I, it was just a, it was a bigger scale of mm-hmm. what my family kind of started instilling in me from a young age. Mm-hmm. And then I just saw what it looked like from a big scale. Is it too much to ask if you have like an early memory with your grandparents about respect or loyalty? Um, just the... Oh my God, the, I can barely talk about them. Yeah. But their yeah. their entire life you know yeah. um weren't they together for how many years 60 years <laughs> yeah. 60 years of marriage when, wow. when my grandfather passed away wow. 62 years when he passed away i think 62 years of marriage you so, know so that's <laughs> right through the through the good and the bad and the ugly and the hard times and stuff they were there you know and wow. you know for for them it is we're not an affectionate family we're not like the you know yeah. the cakey type of family mm-hmm. and i remember there was just one day we were walking and i saw my grandfather put his arm around my grandmother's shoulders <laughs> and i thought i was like oh my god they touched each other that was the most affection that i've seen them, oh like, like in public and stuff you know but 60 60 plus years of marriage is yeah. no joke you know And just the, the way that they were, you know, I, I don't, 
I know I've made posts I might not have talked about it on the podcast. Yeah. When I started teaching MMA, mm-hmm. you know, word travels quickly in my family. There's no secrets in this family. <laughs> you know, so like after I officially became an instructor at Victory, yeah. I went to go see uh, my grandparents. Mm-hmm. And my grandpa saw me, and usually, you know, it was a handshake and kyonda, como están? Kyonda. That was our thing. And then, uh, you know, that's how he stopped. He got real serious. And my grandpa, like, stood firm, put his hands together, and he bowed, and he said, my sensei. You know, and to me, that like, that's one of the, the my fondest memories of him. Because it's just, you know, the fact that, you know, when by the time I fought, his health had already started messing with him a little bit. He couldn't see very well, you know, mm-hmm. and he's from Guatemala. So his English wasn't that great. And then he heard that I was fighting and, you know, he told me, he's like, I go to your fight mm-hmm. and because he wanted to be there. And then, uh, you know, my dad had not, I put a ticket to the side for him. You know, my dad told me later, he's like, he refused to let me pay for his ticket. <laughs> he wanted to pay for his own ticket. He kept bugging me about how much the ticket cost because he was going to pay for it. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was just that kind of respect that he had for me, you know, and like real personal on one of the lady, he ended up passing away because he had stro- like five strokes in a month mm-hmm. and we didn't know that it was happening and there was one day that he he fell you know we don't know if he had a stroke and he just he locked up but he was falling a lot and he couldn't get up and so my grandma called me said that he fell you know if i can help him so i went downstairs to to go help him and he was so apologetic to the fact that i had to help him up and stuff you know and it was just i i didn't understand why you know but it was like you know my parents told me he's like you know you're you're the grandson you're not supposed to be helping him he's supposed to be helping you you know so just like things like that is just the, the type of person that he was and stuff you know and that's what i grew up with i lived with him in the same house from the day that i was born to the day that he died wow. you know so i spent my whole life it, majority of my life with him yeah wow. you know so that's just sweet. those things you know and and there's a memory there too because it was one day i was watching wrestling and he wanted to watch it with me and <laughs> the undertaker was on when he, he watched mm-hmm. you know so he watched the undertaker with me you know, oh. so I had this that connection of even with the Undertaker with my grandfather. Oh, oh that's you know, very so. yeah, that's mm-hmm. touchy. Wow, that's so sweet. Mm-hmm. Oh, very good people. Yep. Oh. And then the the last one, I guess, kind of brings everything together because it was just it, his his third mental move is is never be content. Oh. You know, and that's. The biggest thing for me is that I've always wanted more is like, even with the grappling tournament, you know, yeah. we came home and my dad was like, how'd it go? And me, I was like, ah. <laughs> and then you're like, well, you know, we got one first place and then like three second place. So it was really not bad. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, oh, that's really good. And then in my mind, I was like, it could have been better, better. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and that's just the way that I am. You How know. about in your personal life? What do you see yourself never being content with? Not just MMA, but in your own personal self. I think it is those things, you know, of, of making those improvements to be better. You yeah. know, like just 
okay, I was I, I spend this much time with my family and, you know, with my grandfather passing away, it was like maybe I should spend more time, mm. you know, and, and be less selfish, you know, mm. because when, when my grandfather had those strokes, I didn't want to see him because he was paralyzed. He was half mm. paralyzed. So I didn't want to see him in the bed like that because that's not the memory I have of him. Yeah. I made the selfish move of not seeing him more often than I could have, mm. you know. So now it's like, all right, now it's fighting that. I went through it. I made it. I have no regrets. Mm. Let me just keep living my life the way that I lived it three years ago. Or. Or I can be better. Mm. You know, so. Mm -hmm. Spend more time with my family. Spend, you know, my, I literally sacrificed just about all my friends for my career. You know, we've talked about it. Samantha's like my only one. My one friend outside of MMA now because everyone else is gone, you know? You know, and even just this week, I made the effort of texting her like, hey, let's go get some food because she's always the one that's asking me. Yeah. So it was like, I could keep going in life just having, you know, waiting for her to ask me and then me going. It was like, no. Yeah. (laughs) I'm asking this time, you know? There you go. So little things like that. Again, I'm someone that, that looks little improvements Mm. so that once i look back it was like man that's a big improvement but that big improvement happened over little steps over time Mm -hmm. because i i always feel like that's more sustainable yeah i always think about it's the compound effect Mm -hmm. one percent every day yeah i'm 30 years 365 right Mm -hmm. so that's still way more than you just randomly doing one good action one day and yeah. then forgetting about it until next month exactly so that's good i'm glad exactly you know so things like that you know and this by the end of the speech you know and i got i got to be there for that speech with my dad you know and mm-hmm. to to kind of have that you know because my dad's always been the one that's kind of been there and, and watching you know and my my mom and my sister went to Texas, but they weren't at the speech, but it was like, when I didn't want to go because you guys weren't going, and I was like, why am I going to go by myself? You know, they, they stepped up, you know, and it's oh, it the, the loyalty and the respect that we have for each other. Like, you know, they wanted to be there with you. My mom's the yeah. one that said, hey, he's only going to do this once. Mm-hmm. You know, and my dad's like, well, I'll do this, and that way you can, <laughs> he said, so you can say goodbye to the old man <laughs> the right way, you know, mm-hmm. because everyone knows how much He's mm. meant to me over, over my life and stuff. Yeah. So, so that that's that's what it was, you know. If this podcast was meant to humanize me, I don't think we're gonna, mm. we're, gonna we're gonna get much much more than that. The yeah. the the emotional gooey gooey side of me right there is <laughs> <was> weird. <laughs> Your ass is always saying weird shit. It's weird. weird. It's not weakness. Yeah. It's, it's called strength. Yeah. Talk about this deep stuff mm-hmm. so yeah thank but you that's 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 the undertaker mark calloway right there that was such a- I, w- I would refer you guys to go subscribe <laughs> and pay 4.99 for the peacock app Jeez. to go watch it but it's it's missing an action so for sure wwe is going to try to make more money off of this man and sell that speech somewhere but if you guys google and spend enough time on google maybe you find it not saying that we watched it illegally but (laughs) but you guys it's a it's a really good speech yeah it's a very i think even you know my dad knows of the undertaker and he's obviously watched 
a big chunk of his career because yeah. me, yeah. you know, but for, for you and Carla that got to watch the speech here at mm-hmm. the house, you know, you guys had seen him, you know, bits and pieces over the years that I kind of yeah. force feed you guys, but, you know, <laughs> you guys felt, I think, what he was saying, Yeah. you know, and okay. it was just, it was a really good speech, you know, and we're not going to try to convince you guys anymore that it was a good speech, but, uh, Definitely touch some. I think it it, ha- it has a little bit of something for everybody. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to be a wrestling fan. You don't have to be an Undertaker fan. You just have to be a human, human. being. <laughs> yeah. A human being, and there's gonna be something in that speech that gets you because, you know, the, when the three of us watched it here at the house, that was obviously my second time hearing the speech, and yeah. it's just, I cried. It was yeah. You know, yeah. there's emotional parts of it. There's just yeah. like, holy shit. Carla cried too. And I was crying on the inside. I, mean, I was crying on the inside the first time I heard it too. I was trying to, I was biting my lip like, "Don't cry in front of fifteen thousand people," even though there's plenty of people there that were crying too. Right, of course. You know, but it's just, it, it, no matter how big, no matter how famous, no matter how rich you guys get in life, it's just, we're all human. Yeah. We're all human. We all have feelings. We all have struggles, and. How we choose to get through those struggles, I think, is what really makes us who we are. And it it was a good example of it, you know. So if you guys have the opportunity to see it, we'd love to hear what it, how it affects you or what those mental moves do for you and what you think of, you know. Nene's gonna, you guys are gonna hear that from from Nene's YouTube video coming up soon. Um, What those three mental moves mean for her, you know, so... Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. That was a good one. Thanks for dragging it out of me. <laughs> I was a little hesitant talking. I was like, ah. Ah, I'm gonna talk about it out loud. And I'm gonna start crying. Watch, but now we're we're wrapping this up, and I haven't uh haven't started yet. So maybe when we had stopped, that's when it'll hit me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, thank you guys as always for listening. Um, you know, to the my students that listen for. For all the years of your respect and loyalty for giving me the respect as uh, as your coach and giving me the honor to be your coach and the loyalty of sticking around for those that have. Thank you, guys. You guys have no idea. And we'll hopefully, by the time we wrap up this podcast journey, you guys will know how much you guys actually mean to me and stuff. So thank you, guys. <laughs> Shut up. <Not> yeah. <laughs> Follow us on social media. It says MMA underscore fitness before this turns into a total love fest over here. Uh, follow her YouTube and Patreon. Nene MMA and on Instagram. Nene underscore MMA underscore CMM. And now we can all rest. Rest in peace.